Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. First Timothy chapter number one, verse number one, first Timothy one, one. And the Bible says, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God, our savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. The election and everything surrounding the election isn't our hope. We've got some hope, maybe in some civil things, some financial things, some economic things, social issues. No doubt. No doubt we do. I voted. I want you to vote. I encourage everybody to vote. I think it's our responsibility to vote. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm with you. But my hope is not in our election. Our hope is not in our president. Our hope is not in even our political system, capitalism, the United States of America. None of that. I'm glad I live here. I want all of that. But Jesus Christ is so much better, and we ought not lose hope because it looks like there's no hope in our country. <laughs> and in some ways, I get the argument. Believe me, I'm with you. But our hope ultimately is in Jesus Christ, and that is it. Um, let's get um, Hebrews chapter number 13, and then let's get... Colossians chapter number one. Hebrews chapter number 13, the Bible says in verse number eight. This is great. Uh, number, uh, verse seven, let's start with. Remember them which have the rule over you. That's not a fun verse to read, but it's the fact of life. There will be people that have rule over us in all aspects of life who have spoken unto you the word of God. There's leaders in the church. Um, we'll just leave it at that, uh, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. Here's the verse, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today. And as long as a Republican wins, except it doesn't say that and forever. We can't lose sight of that or we'll get discouraged. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. I'm preaching Christ, amen. We serve a resurrected Savior who rose from the dead, and every president in the past has died. Everyone in the present will die, and every future one that we have will die. I'm serving a resurrected king. How about you? That's somebody to get excited about all the time. That's where our hope has to be, or we'll just get discouraged. Colossians chapter number one, and the Bible says, I know this is simple, simple scripture. I know it. The Bible says in verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you is he in you the hope of glory whom we preach
preach, amen. We're not preaching government. We're not preaching America. We're not preaching politics. We're not preaching get on the Trump train. We're preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. He is the one who is worthy of our praise. That's who we preach. Warning every man about sleepy Joe Biden and his agenda. I want to know what he's up to. I don't want him as my president. I know who I voted for. I know what I believe. You know what you believe. You encourage everybody to vote like you want them to vote. So do I. I get all that. But that's not who we preach. That is not our message. We can have those conversations. We all do. <laughs> but that is ultimately not what glues us together. That is not our message. Yes, we're, uh, we're, we're uh, Christians in the area. and We want to talk to you about how you should vote a conservative vote. No, we're Christians in the area and we want you to, we want to tell you about our hope. We want to tell you about our resurrected savior. Do you know what Jesus Christ did for you? I'm not saying we never ever talk about anything else. I'm just saying that if we're not careful, all we will do is talk about everything else but Jesus Christ. So we can't lose we can't lose hope that he is our hope and that's whom we preach. We can look Okay, Titus 2:13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God. Let's not miss that. That's who he is, a great God, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are all sinful. None of us, we would all, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we wouldn't, maybe we don't think like this, but, you know, it's the, it's the uh, armchair quarterback. We can, we can sit in the comfort of our own armchair at home and say, you know, you should run this play and you should do all. We're not the guys getting hit. <laughs> so we can all say if I were president, I would, but we're not. And if we ever did become president, we would probably break some promises too. I mean, let's be honest. We don't have a perfect political system. We got the best in the world, but we're a small blip on the map compared to the world. We have the best savior. We have the great God. We have the best message. Yeah. Let's get that out there. That is what we want people to know about. He is our great God. Look up instead of looking down. We'll get depressed. I don't think I'm the only one that gets depressed. So I'm going to assume that when you look down here like I do, you get just as depressed as I do. Look up. Great God. Um, uh, hope, hope, hope. Let's, let's go back to the Old Testament and let's get Ecclesiastes and Daniel. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. The preacher, Ecclesiastes um, chapter one. The words of the preacher. The son of David, king of Jerusalem, vanities of vanities, saith the preacher, vanities of vanities, all 
is vanity. You got a good job? It's vain. Is that good job? Buy you good things? It's all vain. You like the things that you buy? It's all vain. You want to upgrade the building and paint it and uh, get, 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 get everything redone and make it all fresh and updated? It's all vain. <laughs> your clothes that you spend a lot of money on, your shoes, it's all vain. The arguments that you have, it's vain. Well, gee, that's depressing. Yeah. Solomon had it all. America has it all. We as Americans have it all. It's all vain. In light of eternity, it's a vain. Thing. Did you ever think about just selling everything and just not owning anything and just having the clothes on your back? And I've thought about that. I haven't told it to my wife until now. So, <laughs> but we've all thought thoughts like that. Why do we think like that? Because we know in our heart that it's all vanity. Now, we can't practically do that here on earth. I get that. But we've all thought about that in some way or another. Because we know it's all vain. And it is. We can't take any of it with us. In the hearst. Can't do it. Verse number nine. The thing that hath been. It is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. What's the thing? What's your thing? Doesn't matter what the thing is. Ain't nothing new. Yeah, but the thing ain't nothing new. It's all vain. Yeah, but that thing, that's no, vain. It's all vain. We lose hope. Because it gets misplaced into vain things. How many try? How many times have you tried something and it didn't work? So you tried it again and then again it didn't work. And then you took advice from somebody. You did it the way they said to do it. And then it still didn't work. So you got frustrated. You put it down for a while. You went to YouTube. You found somebody else that had a better way. You tried it. And it still didn't work. And then finally one day you figured it out. We try things over and over and they don't work. They don't work. They don't work. It's welcome. Welcome to America and welcome to American Christianity. They want to try all these different ways to try to get people in Christ, all these different ways to try to fill the church house, all these manipulative things. And then one day, hopefully, the light blinks on. Oh, it's Jesus Christ and Him alone. I put my faith and trust in Him and let Him work out. Well, instead, we'll emotionally manipulate somebody to make them think that they're more spiritual than they are. It's all vain. Vain preachers, vain marketing ploys to get people in church. Everything, it's just vain. We got to get back to what works. God praying his Holy Spirit and allowing that to convict, convert people rather than our emotional manipulative 
games that we play and we stamp Christianity on it. It's vain. That's the thing that's vain. One of the things. Look, what's happening in America is a is a, it, we're very small on the scale of the world and we're even smaller in the scale of eternity. We have eternal issues that are more important. True hope is found in King Jesus. In, in the light of that, in the light of that, there is not much to a presidential election. There is not much at all to a political party. <laughs> it's a speck of dust, man. There ain't much to a pandemic or a plandemic, plan, plandemic, or however you want to term it. There ain't much. I serve and you serve somebody so much more. I'm not saying throw your brain out and not follow politics and not stay abroad on what's going on with the, you know, the coronavirus. Um, it's fun to watch the gaffes on, you know, Sleepy Joe and he don't, he don't know what's going on. He almost, he, he, how does a guy get that far in American politics? Because the whole thing is vain. People have lost their minds. They're absolutely drunk with dumbness. That's how stupid we've become as a society. You have a man that can't put three sentences together and he's going to be our president. People have lost their brains. It's almost like they're just intoxicated with just stupidity. Yeah. I'm afraid of the orange man. He's going to trigger me, his hair and everything. <laughs> People, <laughs> look, kids, kids, this is what you have to grow up with. In the light of all of that, your hope is not lost. It is if you put it in vain things, but your hope is not lost in Jesus Christ. It's just not. We have so much more to represent. Let's represent Jesus Christ. The good news isn't join the Trump train. I voted for Trump. I, can you say that in church? I mean, I, I don't even know anymore. I, I'm not I'm not preaching politics. So just saying, I don't know if I'm supposed to get off that or not. Look, I, I, I think I, all his enemies are Christian enemies. But he can't save me from my sin. He can't save you from your sin. And he can't save America from their sin. And he ain't going to fulfill all his promises. But Jesus Christ can save your neighbor, your friend, and this nation from their sins. Let's point them to the Savior, the King, Jesus Christ. Mark 16, 15 says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We got a lot of creatures that need the good news. By the way, that's our doctrine of creation right there. We preach to creatures. Because creatures are the root word, create, creation. We've been created. So we preach the gospel to every creature. God's not calling anybody a name. There's creation. Second Corinthians 9, 9 says, as it's written, he hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Every day there's going to be a different story about a different candidate that has a different political scandal. But 
Yeah, like I thought they were righteous. Whether you're voting for somebody or if you're really super spiritually, well, I'm just, I'm not voting for anybody. I'm voting against, and I've said that. Whether you're voting for somebody or whether you're voting against somebody or something, none of them are righteous. You can read a report about your favorite politician and it might be a scandalous report. It might be true. I don't know. But I know someone who is righteous all the time, and that's who I'm sticking with. And I'm sure you would too. Let's get 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse number 17. Uh, let's back up uh, to verse 15. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers? For in Christ I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Now some are puffed up as though I would not come to you. And that's great, except I told you to turn to the second Corinthians. I'm just seeing if you were paying attention. <laughs> yeah, so did I. That's okay. We are, I am where I asked you to be. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse number 17. Uh, for our light affliction. That's okay. That's where we wanted to be, which is, but for a moment, it hurts. The guy I want to be elected, don't get elected. It hurts. It's a light affliction. Which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This is a perspective verse. This is a passage of scripture that should allow us to get our lens and our glasses checked so that we don't lose sight of what is most important. Things we can see or things unseen. It's a light affliction. Look, it's just for a moment. Get an eternal perspective. The Bible says in Colossians 3, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Doesn't that give it to you? Dead. Not in trespasses and sins, but your life is hid with Christ in God. Are you more affectionate about fill in the blank than God? If you love God and your affections is on him, you can work out a problem and fill in the blank with the problem. Where's your affection? If your affection is not set on God and it's set on earthly things, by default, we create a problem and just fill in that problem. 
Finally, so a first main point is our hope is not in government. Our second main point is we should be preaching the gospel. That's our message. Not saying we can't talk about other things. We do, of course we do. But our message as a church is the gospel. We must preach Christ. Finally, we'll finish with we need to seek God. Seek God. Get 1 Timothy chapter number 2. And as you turn there, Matthew says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What are you seeking first? Should be God and his righteousness. 1 Timothy chapter number 2. Let's really try to get some understanding. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. What should we do? Pray for our leaders. I mean, that's pretty clear. Who's the king? Who's the president? Who's the monarch? Who's the dictator? It doesn't say pray because you're under a democratic republic. Remember, we can't read the Bible in the light of being Americans. There are people that have no liberty like we have. Does this verse apply to them? I'm telling you, we got to stop reading the Bible as Americans and start reading the Bible as Christians. I, now, I thank God that I was born in the United States of America. That's a blessing right there. I'm telling you, I thank God in the midst of all this that I live in the state of Tennessee during what's going on with this. I mean, there, how does that work? You know, and you see all the election results, and I was looking at, you know, Tennessee is just like, it just sweeped the whole thing just about. I mean, so that's a, not everybody in the United States has that blessing. Try living in Long Island, or Staten Island as a Christian. Different world. You get punched right in the mouth. You would. So here we are uh, in verse two, that we may lead a quiet, and peaceable life, you don't go out and try to start fights. You contend for the gospel. The offense should be the gospel. The contending should be about the gospel. We shouldn't be out starting fights about other stuff. We got enough to fight. Let's stick to the good fight and just let all the other stuff go. And just you mind your P's and your Q's and you just let it all go. And you just contend for what's eternal. That we may live in all godliness and honesty. And if you want to have a hearing, live a godly life. And somebody will listen to you and believe you, hopefully. And live an honest life. Nothing worse than a liar who calls themselves a Christian. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Who will have the elect to be saved. No. But <laughs> every day is election day for the Calvinists, by the way. It's just... I gotta throw that in there because it's, it's funny. Um, you know, <laughs> we'll love them uncon <laughs> unconditionally. Um, 
I, I'm sure they have their jokes to refute back. It's just, you know. Anyway, at least they study the Bible. Amen. Yeah. At, at least, uh, all I know when, when I'm doing public ministry, the other folks that I usually run into that are out there are Calvinists. Now you go figure that one. God's going to do it anyway. Why are they? Well, I don't want to get so off track, but look, at least they study the Bible so they can laugh at that. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God and our Savior, who have all men to be saved. We preach the gospel, all men, and come unto the knowledge of the truth. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Now, how can any Christian vote for this radical left agenda that when you look at the social issues about what they want to do with the murdering of babies and where they stand on all of these issues, it just boggles my mind how somebody cannot figure out that's an evil thing. I've got to do what I got to do to vote against it. I can't figure that out. But nonetheless, if they don't come to the knowledge of the truth and they can only come to that knowledge of the truth, not through the Trump train, they can only come to that knowledge of the truth through Jesus Christ. You can't make somebody that's a Democrat, a Republican, and think you've done anything other than earn another vote. It'd be great for that to happen civilly. But what does it do for their soul? The most important thing is that they come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants all men to be saved. And I really believe that as people get saved, they'll think different, they'll talk different, they'll act different, they'll dress different, they'll listen to different stuff, and they will vote different. How do we get somebody to vote different? Well, don't try to get them to vote different. Try to get them to Jesus. And if they get saved, they'll start to work stuff out. We won't go down the road of, well, how do you explain Christians that we won't even go down that road now? We'll we'll handle that later because I don't want to have a heart attack in one night. But um, Matthew six, or, or let's go to Second Thessalonians three. Turn back one page, Second Thessalonians three, and look what it says. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course. Please, God, let us have the free course that your word would go out and be glorified even as it is with you and that we may de be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Matthew 6, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil right that's the that's the prayer the lord is faithful he will keep us from evil he will deliver us our prayer is to be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men certainly we need to pray about that don't allow unreasonable men don't allow wicked men don't allow all that's going on to get you off track pray the prayer <laughs> Come on, Lord, deliver us from evil. Do all that as you march forward for the kingdom.
and you knock on the door, Lord, deliver me from any unreasonableness. I mean, you got to be thinking these things in your head, meditating on these things, praying these things. I sit back last Sunday, we go door knocking, you know, and Rich's got one and I, I'm just, I just kind of step back when he's talking, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm praying, I'm hoping. We ought to do that, all of us. A few thoughts and then we'll wrap up. That's a lot of information, isn't it? What we can do is fast. It is assumed in the Bible that Christians would do that. It is assumed all throughout the Bible that Christians would fast. We are told to pray without ceasing. The Bible says, I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with understanding. Make sure the Holy Spirit's in it. He'll filter it and get it to God um, so you don't have to worry about messing it up. Okay. And have some understanding with, with your prayer. Put some thought into it. Be like Hannah. Pray like Hannah. Hannah didn't think. Well, she did. She she trusted God. She had faith in God. Situation. Oh, am I going to have a, a son, Lord? She prayed. And it wasn't selfish. She was going to give her son to the Lord. And you talk about a model prayer warrior. That's it. One of them. Pray. Fast. Pray. You know, the Bible says repent, but now commendeth all men everywhere to repent. You know, repentance is part of the gospel, by the way. You got to turn from something to turn towards something. We need to consider not repenting unto salvation, just repenting of, <laughs> Lord, I was thinking this way. I need to repent and get right. Lord, I was living this way. I need to repent and get right. Lord, I was, I need to repent and get right. If we repent, the Lord will grow us. Fast, pray, repent. And finally, obey. The Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. We follow the Lord. We obey him because we love him. We repent of sin in our life or faults in our life or things that are just getting us off track. We fast. We pray. We preach the gospel. Our hope isn't in government. And we can do something great for God with a small congregation in a small town. We shouldn't be discouraged. We shouldn't be. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.